1: The
0: new, refined, seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join
2: Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for
3: Australian farmers. This is Sports Day. And a very good evening. David Wildy, Dan Menzel, Sports Day SA for Just Quality Home Improvements. You can get involved in the show, be interactive. The open line number 1300 736 736. So you can text us anytime too. Love to hear from... The text message is 0427154166. San Fantage just said only 22 more sleeps, Dan, to round one the first game of the 2024 AFL season. I'm, I'm getting excited. You getting excited? I'm getting excited. And 22 sleeps. I mean, we've now heading into
2: the weekend, got our first match simulation starting over the weekend. So footy is back. Melbourne takes on Richmond in a match sim on Sunday before all the other match sims come around Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday next week. So we are back. We're into it. Uh, it's going to come
3: around quickly. Spoke to um, my, was it Michael Whiting last night from the Brisbane and we asked a question and then we moved on but uh, I said would the players, you as a player, put your players hat back on, would you rather go straight in the round one, maybe play a couple, two more real games if you like in front of crowds and all that rather than one internal one Mickey Mouse against another club where they play about 50 players, what, what's your preference?
2: Uh, As a player, no. My preference is to get the practice games in. And the reason being is the speed of the game is so quick that when you get into round one, it's a bit of a shock anyway, even if you've played a couple of practice games. Um, I know a lot of players would have concerns about their body holding up in round one. ACLs, a lot of other injuries, you will see if you don't have a practice game because... Um, what it means is that it just you go from nothing to such a high speed game, impact game that you're going to see some injuries. That um, and unfortunately, what we will see, worlds, is in these match simulations in the AFL Community Series, you will see some injuries because your bodies aren't just used to it yet.
3: Do you need? Uh, I, I think AFL is one of the longest pre seasons you know for, for any sport going around. Do you think you need the length of time, or could they have a, a bigger break after the season then? If everyone's the same, I mean, you can still do work on your own, still do your running and all that, your weights.
2: That's the point. Uh, you don't need as long a preseason season as you have. I think what it is is... You, if you start later, just say they started after January, you would know as a playing group and as an individual, well, I've got to get a lot of my running in in November and in December and get myself very fit by the time I do start in January. You absolutely could do it. We have the longest preseason in the world. The challenge is the teams that are down the bottom will say that they need the extra time to be able to coach and develop and game plan their their side.
3: Um, I'm thinking more strain on your body when you yep. and particularly Guys get groins at osteitis pubis. They, they do knees. Um. Oh, a
2: preseason for a young oh. kid at, at an AFL club is huge, and that's that's part and parcel of managing. If you're in the sports science, if you're um, the head of football, you've got to manage players and their workloads. But at the same time, it is it's such a long preseason that could you cap a little bit? You certainly could. But at the same time, players would have to make sure their fitness is at a very high level.
3: A big show they, Graeme Gooding's going for his second term on the ball for the Adelaide Crows. We heard about Treaders beating Bruce Abernethy recently. So... Well, speak to Graham. You've got a question you want to ask him too. I dare you to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he'll give
2: us an answer, but I'm going to ask him about, we know that Ken Hankley was talked about all last season for Port Adelaide and the board has a fair bit to do with it. I want to ask him then with Matthew Nix out a contract, where that leaves him this season and are they going to make a decision on his career anytime
3: soon? Yeah, next week maybe. Okay, you can ask that. Hey, Nathan McSweeney too, as I mentioned, he's one, of, uh, I think, destined for higher honors. He's honours. had a great 12 months,
2: yeah. Nathan McSweeney.
3: He's been captain, captain, captain of the, the big bash, big bash team. Yeah, yeah, he's Very a, compact, isn't
2: he? He is, and he captained the Cricket uh, 11 or Prime Minister's 11, sorry, for Australia only in November. So it shows what, I guess, the higher ups think of him.
3: As a kid, he went through the under 19s, the under 23s. He's done all the work, done the hard yards. I think he's ready to go. Now, a lot of footing news. You picked out a few grabs, too, you want to play.
2: Yeah, I want to start on Hawthorne. So there's been a bit going on with Hawthorne. We know that they brought a couple of players in. We might start on the positive first. And and Jack Ginevan's a player that has come across from the Magpies. Well, let's see how he fits in. Sam Mitchell spoke about the inclusion. I knew he had good game sense and game awareness,
4: but I didn't quite realise how good. Um, and his game sense and his his knowledge of how different people play from different teams, he's a real footy nut. He knows everything
3: about every team. Every player knows their left or right foot, knows if they like to kick short or long. Um, so he's, a, he's been a great acquisition for us in the front half. So he loves the
2: game, Jack Ginnivan, and that potentially wields is the reason as to why he was spotted watching his old team train last night.
3: goes from a premiership to out the club. Um, Yeah, maybe he's done a couple of silly things. Still only a kid. Um, Probably getting a longer term, you think, and maybe a bit more money at Hawthorne.
2: Well, if you are a Hawthorne supporter, are you happy with the addition of Jack Ginevan to your side? Text us in on 0427 144 166. The one thing you might not be happy, though, about as a Hawthorne supporter is what's happened in the last week, in particular, at that footy club. There are some real concerns for the Hawks heading into the opening round of the season. Will Day is going to miss the start of the That's season, which is a massive blow for them. Uh, but not just that. CJ has now done a hamstring, so he looks like he'll be in jeopardy at the start of the season. Blank did an ACL today, unfortunately, in wow. training. And and Dylan Moore's got glandular fever. So there is some big names. Well, that... Here's my
3: point. Too much training. I mean, they've probably been training for seven, eight, ten weeks, having a little break and all that. Uh, I reckon you can over – it's overkill. Yeah, well, I mean,
2: Will Day's coming off a foot stress fracture. But yeah, CJ, he's been sent for scans. So it would be a bad hamstring injury if it does keep him out for mm. round one. But yeah, there is, for a team that potentially is on the rise this year, in some people's opinions, that's not a good start in February to have four players injured that are pretty significant players within a week.
3: I wonder how Wingard's he did the Achilles, didn't he? Snapped it. When our Chad's going, well, he'd be the back end of his career, but they, they've kept him on the list. So, yeah, interesting. I don't think anyone really has Hawthorne in their top eight. You and I are trying to put 14 into 8, and I don't think we had Hawthorne in that 14. So,
2: yeah, I don't, I don't see them being in the top eight, but a lot of people are higher on them to rise up the table. One team that a lot of people will be talking about whether they can make the eight this year is the Bulldogs. Now, they've made a couple of changes. Jackson McRae is actually out of the leadership group after being the vice-captain. So Tom Libertore now has inherited the vice-captain
5: What's going
3: on with Jack? Because they pushed him out. He didn't play all the time in the midfield. He was out on the wing and his numbers were down last year. He's been one of the most consistent. I think he had the record for most possession games, over 30 for a while, Uh, but he looks to be a little bit on the outer with with the coach.
2: Yeah, well, he does. I mean, to go from vice-captain to out of the leadership group is, uh, is significant. Um, but then the other one that could be on the outer as well, you don't know where he's at, That's is true. Rory Lobb. Now, he came across from Fremantle and... Uh, you thought, okay, well, he's going to simply be there for forward and pinch hit in the ruck. But then all of a sudden, where do they play him? Because they've got Aaron Norton. They're training Sam Darcy in the forward line, who is going very well from all reports. And don't forget, Jamara Yugel Hagen is in a pretty nice position to really catapult his career
3: into being a bet- one of the better forwards in the competition. So where does that leave Rory Lobb? I think Rory Lobb is one of the luckiest and most overrated Footballers going around, he's lucky he's around seven foot tall because uh, I think when the going gets tough, often Rory Lobb goes missing. And, he, and it's sad because he's a, he's a good kick, he's a good mark, but unfortunately doesn't get the ball enough. Well,
2: exactly right. But I think they, they have to and they're going to persist with him. And Tim English got asked about
0: Rory Lobb. In games, um, he might have a better match-up. So really open to that and I think he's open to that too. Uh, Sam Darcy's been really strong this pre-season as well.
3: So he
2: mentioned that he he might swap with him in games, but also mentioned at the same time Sam Darcy has been very good.
3: I wasn't too harsh on Rory. How do you see it? I I, I watch him closely. He's nearly seven foot. He's been around a long while. He's earned massive money. And I don't think he delivers. He under delivers. Not overs. If if you're a...
2: Bulldogs fan again text us in on 0427 154 166 your thoughts on Rory Lobb? if you're a Bulldogs fan I think the answer would be that you were very disappointed with his season last season from what he did the year before at Fremantle I think that would be a massive disappointment you'd be hoping for much better things in 2024 it's
3: getting hot topic there your local tyre power hot summer sale on now get four for the price of three on Kumo tyres tyre power helping you drive safe this summer let's welcome Malcolm hello Malcolm
4: Okay, yeah, boys, I don't think you're too hard at all there. I, I think any supporter of any co- wants to see full commitment from the player. And I think he lob is a player which is guilty of uh, not providing full physical commitment Agreed. at times. Agreed. Agreed. Well, like Built like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Um, and that's actually probably being unfair in terms of cause it's our physical women's footy is. But we to go further on your point there, and especially with Daniel, Daniel there, you are talking about overtraining. I feel every SNFL club is massively guilty of that, and we're losing players mm. out of the SNFL because the lack of reward you're getting, a physical, you know, monetary, for the time commitment, is insane. You know, I'll be honest. Brad McKenzie came back to Norwood from North Melbourne and said training more at Nord, at Nord than what yeah. he was at North Melbourne. Yeah. And and he, Brad, Brad admits himself he wasn't a footy nut and all that, loves footy but not the meeting side of it and things like that. And we're losing guys who are still very good players and should be playing in Santa Fe because they just have a guts full of the commitment.
2: It's a fantastic point you make, Malcolm. I mean, I was in the system, the sample last year and I'm now out of it and have spoken with a lot of other guys in similar situations but also still in the system and... Uh, for the pay in the salary cap that the sample is which is in- 300 which is incredibly low it's got to low, go up it's incredibly, got to go incredibly up. low because the reality of it is is take out your best 10 players worlds. Your, your next 20 or 30 are earning a
3: couple <laughs> hundred bucks a game that's
2: correct to play and that is what Malcolm just said at the Eagles last year we trained Monday night Wednesday night Friday night Saturday morning and waits one on sessions. Tuesdays so the, the actual hours compared to one of the boys did the maths the hours compared to what you get paid in is um is below minimum wage, but uh, that's the challenge. You're going to lose players at the moment because there is it is so much training for. As you mentioned, it's not like it is when you play for well,
3: footy. Without putting the women's football down, the average wage there the girls are getting forty thousand plus for for ten games, and and the guys are still put on a really really good brand of football. You look at the grand finals; it's as hard as anything. And uh, I don't know. The only answer I can see is the salary cap has to go up. We'll probably try and get Darren Chandler on speak about this. Or the AFL can tip some more money in. Because otherwise you're right, they all go to the country. And we know sometimes the the money in the country does come in brown paper bags. So you are losing players left, right and centre. So anyhow I, look, good luck to the girls, but they've got a they've got a massive don't you guys run for cover. <laughs> I never said there's anything in the brown paper bags. could be a pasty. But um, they do need to lift that salary cap, no doubt about that. Malcolm makes a, a great point.
2: He does make a great point. There's some good bakeries in the country too, <laughs> Will. You're right. Now, yeah, no more. Now, one more I wanted to just touch on uh, is, are you high on Carlton this year? A lot of people have pumped up the Blues. Uh, I think even um, either it might have been McClure who said that they should be the number one team and the team to beat in it. Well, Michael Voss got asked about where they're at heading into this season.
0: But we move somewhat into a different phase now. um, And we move into a different part, which is about excellence. Um, In some ways, that's a lot harder. uh, Because it's about doing things repeatedly.
2: So he's talked about moving into excellence, which for mine, that is top four. That is one of the best teams in the competition. Your thoughts? i bullish.
3: I I think. Gee, they'd have to make the eight. They've got a lot of talent on that list.
2: Without a doubt. And so on that, words, I'm going to do my ladder predictions and analysis next week. So on all 18 clubs, I'm going to break them down and work out where they're going to finish. I'm going to predict where they're going to finish in the 2024 AFL season.
3: Great start, even if I say it myself. Graham Goodings, thanks to Lumo. Coming up shortly, Australian-owned supporting communities. The arts and you join Lumo Energy today for Brighter SA. Nathan McSweeney, he's a player of the future all for budget car and truck rental for your moving house. Use the team that's easy and affordable. Budget, car and truck rental. The number there, 132727. Plus more your calls for just quality home improvements. The open line 1300 736 7736. Or text us on 0427 154 166. The new refined seven seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the
2: affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrient Ag Solutions,
3: going further for Australian farmers. Sports ASA still to come, Graeme Goodings and Nathan McSweeney for Just Quality Home Improvements, experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. We got lost in the wash or it's important to buy Australian right now? It's important to buy Australian right now, look for the logo and be sure it's Aussie, but... It's not lost in the wash. What is it, Dan?
2: Well, first of all, Malcolm, that was a really good call and some good points, but we've also got some good texts coming in uh, on the text line. So Sammy
0: Fantasia, producer, has a couple of them in front of him. Talking about training before, just scrap training and play 36 holes a day. Wills, I think you'd like that one. <laughs> so would um, you.
2: Yeah, but you'd be frustrated when you get in. Yeah, <laughs> play 36 day.
0: holes every day. Absolutely. Are. Is this the footy number? That's right. 0427154166 is the footy number to text in on. And the Bulldogs have no tall defenders. Chomper's beverage had Bruce playing la- back last year and he had no idea. That
2: is a fantastic point. They have never valued having good key defenders at the Bulldogs and it has, has bought them a number of times, pardon the pun, but it really has. And I feel like it might again this year. I'm amazed that Sam Darcy's not actually training back. I look at him and you look at a Dacone and you're like, if he can be a good back, then that sets their side up.
3: Could McNaughton go to set oh, back? I
2: hate that argument. Norton is a gun Norton. contested marking forward. I just think that people who think that he should go to centre half back, what you've got with him and Hugo Hagen, I think is beautiful. And if you can get a lob to come on or someone else, Darcy, they've touted Darcy's to play back. Yep. I just don't see why they're playing them all up forward, but that's what they're
3: doing. Yeah, now we've got to make a headline, do we? Or prediction?
2: We do. We've got our weekend headline, which is our certainty for the weekend, our upset and our prediction. So would you like to start with your certainty, Wilds?
3: Well, my certainty is that this is going out on a limb. (laughs) Carl Viet, Adelaide United, they take on Sydney away. They're going to come away with at least a point. That's your, not even your upset, that's your certainty. I like the
2: confidence <laughs> well, in to go to the limb. Yeah. yeah, okay, so good. Uh, my certainty might be a little bit more certain. Now, I did this this morning, Wilds. Uh, I had Australian women's test side will certainly beat South Africa in the test, which started today. I'll give you a live update of the score. We bowled them out at the Wacker for 76. And
3: embarrassing.
2: Put them into bat, bowled them out for 76. Uh, congratulations to SA's own Darcy Brown, 5 for 21. In reply, we are 3 for 70. We're six runs behind, but it was a little bit alarming at first. 3 for 12, South Africa had us. So McGraw, Litchfield and Perry all out cheaply, but we're 3 for 70, trial by six runs uh, at the end of Session 2.
3: And Cap pulled out their Captain. Huge. Yeah, and she's a massive loss. Like massive a loss. So Batsman or batswoman or batter and bowler.
2: Yeah, she does it all and she, so that is a huge loss for South Africa. Um Wilds, what is your upset? You when are Adelaide lady not to be certainly? What's your upset for Gee, the weekend? I've
3: I've made it a bit tough. <laughs> um who are the thirty sixers playing this week? They take on. Uh, it is Who are they playing? I'm <laughs> tipping thirty sixers. It is up. their
2: last game. We know that much. Um so they play in their last game at home a few other other games, they take on the Breakers. So the Breakers are actually still in the playoff picture. They are. So it's a huge game for the Breakers. You think the 36 was up wow. to 10?
3: I'm only hoping. I don't really think. But just on the very 30 seconds there, season, yep. uh, Scotty Ninnis, you, you think he'll get the role next year?
2: Well, it depends what Brian Gorges is doing, but I think he should with what he's done with the, the team yeah. and how he's turning around. be
3: disappointed if he doesn't, I think.
2: It would be. I'm going to stay on the NBL. The Brisbane Bullets currently sit, fifth on the table with a game to go in the NBL they are going to miss the playoffs that's my upset okay,
3: okay. Well, it wasn't
2: not huge upset is it well they're two teams inside the playoffs at the moment yeah, yeah. they'll drop out so
3: 50-50 okay
2: <laughs> that's less than they're, they're actually about 80% chance the headline
3: if we could make a headline because we just spoke about this I know you'd be wrapped um, the Sandful or, or S-A-N-F-L are going to increase the salary cap to $600,000 just to appease all of us in the media, the players. That's a headline. That'd be be a great headline. That'd be a great
2: headline. Um, It's not going to happen. I was going to say, I'm hoping it's not your prediction (laughs) because I don't see it happening. But uh, my prediction, Wills, is Jason Tatum is going to win the MVP in the All-Star game, which is on Monday.
3: Yeah, well, they they play those all-star games with absolutely no pressure. They all shoot from the the, three-point line.
2: The over-under in that game is 365 (laughs) points. That is 188 points. uh,
3: It's ridiculous. In that
2: game, again, chances are you're about to lose. a gamble responsibly, but yeah, that is ridiculous. No Uh, defense.
3: To be honest, I don't really enjoy that. I'd rather watch uh, two decent sides. I agree. NBA then watching All-Stars. They're all trying to see how many three-pointers you can get.
2: Without a doubt. The big centres in that game, worlds are never going to win the MVP because it's just a three-pointer game. Yeah, it might have been
3: got a bit loose here, but now and then we do. Uh, Graeme Goodings coming up thanks to Toolkit Depot. Members get trade pricing sign-up today. Nathan McSweeney thanks to Nutrin Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at Nutrin.com.au. More of your calls and texts on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line at 1-300-736-736. Text us on 0427-154-166. Plenty more to come, Day SA. Uh, keep the calls coming in and keep also the texts coming in.
0: The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative.
3: Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Welcome back to Sports Day. David Williams, Dan Mendes of the Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. We heard all the board issues with Port Adelaide. It was Ray v Abernethy, but there's one spot up for grabs, and the incumbent man is Graham Goodings, who's a media legend. He's loved the crows. He's been an ambassador ahead of the supporters group. He's going for a second term, and Graeme joins us now. Graeme, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks, Will. Hi, Dan. How are you, mate?
3: Great to speak with you. Um, You've had a term now. Uh, Tell us about the last two years. You really enjoyed that?
1: I certainly have. I have to be honest. I didn't realise how big a job it was, how big a football club is. The commitment is is quite huge, and um, I've enjoyed it at every possible level. And being uh, a members representative, I'm, I see myself as sort of the a, a final filter between the members and the board. So um, people approach me, um, I pass things on to the administrators, the board, and if we can change things for the better, we, we certainly do.
3: Yeah, you as I said in, in the opening, you've always been an ambassador, you've always loved the Crows. So so, what's your predominant role? Is, is it for the voice of the, the supporter and the, the members of the people in the street? You hear what they say, you, you, you're out and about, you're a man in the media, is that... Uh, particularly what you do
1: yeah that sums it up pretty well um there are only two it's the same with port there are only two member elected members the other members of the board are appointed so uh those that go to the vote um we put up a, a charter why we think we should be uh, selected for the board and i mean all my years in the media as a grassroots supporter I have still got my tickets in the Mark Rashudo stand, and, you know, I've been, I've been going to games since day one. Yeah. So I don't see myself as an elite. I'm not a, a typical board member who has a, yeah. a doctorate in something or a, a law background or, you know, I'm not an ex-footballer. I just see myself as a supporter, and so I'm happy to voice the concerns of members. And I tell you what, they do let me know what they think. Sometimes it's negative. Hopefully most of it's positive.
2: Uh, It certainly would let you know what they think. So for those that aren't completely across, it, what does it involve in terms of how many times do you meet as a board and then obviously all the big decisions, they come through yourself and everyone else on the board?
1: Yeah, we meet, we have uh, 12 regular board meetings once a month. But I can assure you there are way more meetings than that. Uh, Like, for example, I'm uh, going along to the member engagement panel tonight. Yesterday we had a board meeting Uh, tomorrow night i'm going on to the crow supporters group dinner then there's the rainbow crows function and then there's a players and uh, administrators meeting Um, and this is all before the season starts so there are lots of meetings which you know i I take as a pleasure and an honor uh to be part of that but as i said before a football club is big business it's huge business you know worth 60 70 million dollars so while the important thing is that the only thing that the supporters need to be concerned about is what happens on the field uh, to make sure it happens at its best, uh, the club has to be a, a well-running, well-oiled machine. Yeah.
3: Can some get quite testy, Graham, or quite robust uh, if someone particularly wants to go down one track and you, you try to sway someone that that is the right way to go?
1: You're talking about in the boardroom? Yeah. Uh, yes, look, it's full and frank discussions. I tell you what, uh, I haven't sat on too many boards before, but this is an excellent board made up of a cross-section of the community some with a football background, some with a legal background, some with a business background, and uh, me with my uh, supporters group hat on. And, yeah, we have full and frank discussions, but I'm very pleased to say that at the end of our usually four- or five-hour meetings, we come to a consensus and agree on the policy to lead us into the future. You know, particularly the strong issue at the moment is the facility, and, I mean, that's (laughs) tragically gone on for three years or more. Uh, I think we're getting closer to a resolution... And it's something that I've had quite a deal of input for, looking at it, you know, putting the hat on as a, a members representative. And when the plans come up and the suggestions of, of what we need at the facility, I look at it through the lens of what would the members want? You know, what's what's going to be best for the members and supporters? Um, because it's going to be the, the home ground for the AFLW. Um, the Crows will train there. Our SNFL side will train at Theverton. And it's going to be a place that we want supporters and fans to come along to, and feel embraced by the club. So there are lots and lots of ingredients, and um, that's why we need a board with diverse backgrounds, diverse interests, yeah. and it's, it's sort of one big melting pot. And at the end of the day, I hope we we get the result that everyone wants. So,
2: Graham, you mentioned Theverton there, and it's been talked about for years and years that the Crows will go there, the importance for it to get done uh, and the impact that it'll have on the footy club that maybe the members might not be completely across, or at least people that live in Adelaide.
1: Well... Dan, you know, you've, you've played sport at the highest levels. You have to have the right resources behind you. All the skill and natural ability is not enough anymore. And when you look around the league at the, the big clubs, Collingwood and West Coast and Brisbane, they have these huge facilities, huge resources. So they're there for athletes to reach their absolute peak. Um, we're dragging the chain. When, when Westlakes was originally built, it was state-of-the-art. Of course, it is no longer. So we need a new facility and I think, and I had a look at the plans only last night at the board meeting. When they're fully revealed to the public, I think everyone's going to embrace them and realise right. that uh, this is a facility for the future, for decades to come, and it is designed with the members and supporters in mind. So, you know, if you didn't, if you look at Westlakes and said, "Well, I hope it's nothing like that," because that didn't provide all that much for the supporters, I think you'll find when we reveal the the, the, the full. Uh, outlook of the facility at Devon, it's going to be something that everyone can be very proud of.
2: Yeah, it's very exciting for the Adelaide Crows Footy Club and their supporters alike. Now, Graham, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the Port Adelaide Football Club, their coach was out of contract last year and they might have got brought up once or twice in the media. Now, <laughs> Matthew Nix is out of contract at the end of this season. My question isn't going to be whether you're going to sign him or not. My question's more so, you've got Chairman John Olsen, you've got CEO Tim Silvers, you're part of the board. Who makes the decision? Is it an even waiting? Is it... The board, is it the CEO, the chairman? Where does this decision lie at the end of the day?
1: Well, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. We were we were talking about uh, the, the coaching position last night. And let's face it, the, the club is more than happy with uh, Matthew Nix. Uh, he's improved the club performance year on year. And there's no reason to believe that won't continue. So it's not a matter of uh, if, but when. Uh, that decision is a consensus of the board. We, we all have a say. Uh, the chairman, of course, will be involved. And all uh, interested parties. Um, so the the vote has to be it has to be signed off by the board effectively. So I, I guess you have to say it it's in essence a, a board decision.
3: Mm. Hey Graham, one last one. Uh, everybody we talked to amongst the players saying it's a a fabulous environment. They love playing under Nixie. That we can see the um, we can see Adelaide's sort of growing and growing and hopefully keep on growing. And it has been a club in recent years Though, where players have left, you know, for different reasons. You can go back to Tippett and Crouch and Cameron, uh, Dangerfield, Jake Lever. Recently, Rankin's come in, Dawson's come in. They all want to play with Adelaide. So you're close to the action. It seems to be a really good place to be and hopefully a close of destination, a club of destination.
1: There's no question about that, Will's, And it largely gets back to having the right administration and the right coach the coach sets the trend the coach sets the culture and that's what matthew Nix has done um the players love playing for him Uh, i can assure you that without naming names there are players around the country that would like to come and play for the adelaide crows so instead of uh, losing players i think you'll see over the next few years we'll be gaining players and players of some note too
2: that's exciting. Graham. last one from me before we let you go. You've got a busy night ahead of you. You mentioned that the uh, coaching of Matthew Nix was talked about last night. How about we've heard from Port Adelaide. How about the Crow Sample team and where they're
1: going to be potentially in a few years' time? Uh, that is an interesting question. We are not on a parallel with Port because of, of Port being a, a foundation member of the uh, SANFL with uh, the crows we actually pay to be in the competition so we're committed there for another few years um so uh, at this stage we will see out that commitment and yep. what the future holds we'll just have to wait and see
3: graham good luck you've had a couple of years here. i think you deserve a couple more your, your passion comes through we can come through the telephone at the moment uh, all the best mate I hope, I hope you get a second term
1: that's very kind of you wilson all i'd say is to members is it uh, doesn't matter who you vote for but make sure you vote have your say on the future of the Adelaide Football
3: Club. Well done, Graham. Well done, Graham. Graham Gooding's there too, and uh, he'll be good. He will, re- oh, he
2: will be good. The one, the one thing I loved out of that, uh, Wilds, is that his sheer honesty and he was up front. He was up front with Matthew Nix. They're very happy with where they're at. If you listen to that, that tells you that he's going to get another contract. He's going to get re signed.
3: And the other thing, he said there's players, he knows players that want to come back. Now, we heard Harrison Petty last year. he probably, I reckon, he's eschewing to come in next uh, next year, but I think they'll get a few others. Port Adelaide have been a club of destination. You look over the last 10 years, they, they, they've had so many people that want to come under Ken Hinckley. Now I think Adelaide's environment is far better.
2: It's, it's a very interesting point you make. I feel like the first domino that changed it or shifted it was Jordan Dawson. Yep. When he came across, I remember thinking... He's probably going to pick Port because that's what players have done in the past. He chose Adelaide, who were further behind in the development. Then Isaac Rankin. Isaac then has followed suit, and I agree with you. I think that it is heading in that direction because, again, Port's got some good, young, talented players, but the Crows equally have that.
3: Great stuff. Now talking boards, and there was a, a big split uh, the other week. It was Ray v. Abenefi. Treadray got up by a nose, and David Kosh was asked today if Treadray has spoken with Ken Hinckley. Ken
6: and Chris Davies presented at this board meeting. Um, we cover not only football, but we cover the commercial sides and the planning and facilities development, marketing, all that sort of stuff. Um, so he, he was part of that discussion and questioning of Ken and Chris Davies about the game plan this year about... Uh, how the recruits will settle in, uh, how they're doing contract discussion. Um, you know, he's he's been involved in the um, in the Toddy Marshall uh, decision. So yeah, um,
3: he's been very much involved. Mm. I suppose yeah, everyone has a voice. It, it, I think Porter got is it ten or twelve on their board? It's a lot.
2: Uh, that must be one of the most challenging jobs in all of this is managing. 10 to 12 people, usually with big personalities. And egos, yeah. And egos, yeah. which is what you need because you need people that are going to be passionate like Graham was there. But it is certainly a lot of people that will believe they know what is the right direction for the club to head yeah. into the future and managing that would be a real challenge. I,
3: I think you do need a, a bit of pushback too. Uh, David Kosh also spoke about the guidelines directors must follow. And
6: also with new directors they come onto the board, every director that's come onto the Port Adelaide board, I have a charter of director behaviours and and beliefs and values that everyone's got to sign on to. And that is just so people are aware that being in a board position um, demands a lot of discipline, it demands a lot of confidentiality because we, we, we talk about a lot of things. Uh, Not only list management, but the future of the club and deals we're doing. And um, it's been a really disciplined board, and everyone takes their responsibility really seriously. But, But being a director
3: is very different to being a media personality. He sounds a bit tired there, Koshy. He's been burning <laughs> it, the candle it, at both ends, dealing
2: with ten to twelve people on their board. Oh. But yeah, look, it's that last point was the interesting one. Being a director is interest is different to being a media, media personality, personality, meaning don't go telling our secrets to anyone. Well, how that's going to go
3: because Rue does the same with. Crows, doesn't he? Treaders with 5AA, Rue with triple N. It's a conflict
2: of interest. It's, it's a challenge for those guys. I mean, they, they do it well, but it is a real challenge.
3: Dan, a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.sa.gov.au. The community update is thanks to New Firecoat. The first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. And
0: a few quick texts here, boys.
3: Uh, there's a crash
0: apparently at Rivley on Highway 1. Long delays, a few others on the weekend. Headline, and thanks to traders. We'll get to those later if there's time. Well,
3: it's gone from uh, Crows to the Redbacks and Big Bash, everything uh, talking cricket. Graham goodings we had trying to get on the board. Uh, Nathan McSweeney joins us for Toolkit Depot. Become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. Nathan, welcome to the show. How are you?
5: Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
3: So you've had a a fantastic uh, last month. We'll just quickly touch again on the the big bash of victory. There, your captain, you bowled, you battered, uh, everything you touched turned to gold.
5: Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. I had a fantastic, yeah, experience. But yeah, you know, I had a fantastic team. That was uh, unbelievable just to be a part of. Um, so yeah, that no, was a pretty incredible. And I guess, yeah, it's probably a moment that I'll probably never forget, which is nice.
3: Well, you, you captained uh, the Big Bash and you also had had a stint captaining uh, the, the Redbacks and that. How, what's the main difference between being captain and a batsman Them, perhaps just purely as a batsman? How have you found it?
5: Yeah, I, I found it good. I feel like um, I've captained my, uh, a lot of teams in the, in the pathways growing up, so it, it doesn't really change my game too much. Um, and you know when you've captained before you find yourself standing in the field thinking about what would you what would you do anyway so um to be given the reins though, it's a great honor for for myself and and to represent south australia as a captain is um yeah is a is a great privilege and um something I want to do a lot more in the future and hopefully I can contribute to um some more south australian wins
2: so on to south australia you take on queensland tomorrow in the sheffield shield you're still have a mathematical chance to make the final if you can get a couple of results. Where where have you seen the season so far? I haven't quite got all the results you would have liked. A couple of really close finishes, but how have you made it for the Redback Sheffield Shield year this, this year?
5: Yeah, it's probably that. It's a, probably a season so far near misses. Um, I felt like we've been in, in the game for every single game we've played. We've had a chance to win it, and we just haven't quite nailed the key moments. So, um, as you said, we're still a chance. Um, we need to win three from three, so... Hopefully we can start off with a good day one tomorrow. Um, and, yeah, as I said, I don't think much has to change, really. We've been really close a couple of wickets or, or, you know, we've probably been quite short with the bat all year. So if we can just get a score on the board um, and our bowlers seem to be taking wickets consistently. So hopefully we can see some time in the middle for our batters tomorrow and or whenever they get the chance to and um, let our bowlers go to work.
2: And in terms of personally, fourth on the Sheffield Shield run score is averaging around about 40 this season with uh, over 500 runs to your name. Is this by far your best season that you think, body of work-wise, that you've batted at Sheffield Shield level?
5: Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Um, hopefully there's a few more to come, uh, yeah, with three games coming. But yeah, to spend a lot of time in the middle in, in the first part of the year... Um, you know, to play consistently, I haven't really done that over the last couple of years. So, I guess to feel like your position safe in the team um, gives you that confidence to go out there and play the way um, you want to play. And um, lucky enough, I've been yeah able to spend some time out there, as I said, and hopefully um, yeah got a few more runs left in me this year.
3: Spoke to Dizzy Gillespie. I, I think you're destined, uh, Nathan, for higher honours. You- you're an organised batsman. Your technique looks good. You can mix the defence with the power. Are you? A- a naturally confident sort of person? I mean, you think to be a really good batch you need a little bit of arrogance and, and, and self-belief, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, I think so. I think um, personally I, I go off probably, um, you know, draw back on how many balls I've hit growing up to, to rely on that confidence when you go out the middle. You know, you've left no stone unturned. You go out there and just play. Um, I think... For me, personally, it probably did take until I made a score at first-class level to really feel like I belong. Um, I'm not sure why that seems to be the case, but it seems to happen to a lot of batters. But now I've made it. I feel like my game's in a good spot um, and hopefully mm. can keep pumping out runs for South Australia and hopefully, um, yeah, one day get my chance would be an absolute dream come true.
3: Tell us your thoughts on Thomas Kelly. Everybody at district level says he's way, way above district now he has struggled a bit takes the time to sort of you know some in a spot at the higher level but he's obviously got good technique as well he's a good lad he's the spirit of the the team where do you see thomas going
5: yeah i think as i said i think unfortunately as a batter it takes you know one or two performances to feel like you really belong his game's definitely good enough as we've seen as you said in district cricket and second 11 cricket over the last few years and lucky enough we saw him you know, make a fantastic, fantastic eighty yesterday to win us the the one day game, and hopefully that can kickstart his, you know, his confidence uh, can, can continue to grow in, in the professional setup, and I think he'll be a you know a, a long term stay uh, stayer in the middle for us um, over the next few years. Hopefully for South Australia, as you said, he's a fantastic guy, works hard, so um, it's just a start for him, I think.
2: Now, Nath, you've captained the Prime Minister's Eleven earlier this summer, which must be a massive uh, opportunity, but also to be able to... The players that you've played with in those teams, and you've received some pretty good uh, words and comments from the likes of Buff Lehman that have said that you can certainly do it at the higher level. One, how do you go with comments like that? And I guess the, a lot of people building you up and saying you are destined for bigger things, but also, two, to be able to play for your country in that format and with those other type of players.
5: Yeah, I think, yeah, the comments are always nice. Um, yeah, I think, unfortunately, um, yeah, Booth is not picking the team at the moment, <laughs> so I need to make, I need to make um, more runs. But I think, yeah, as I said before, it would be a dream come true. Um, it doesn't stop the process and, and, you know, the work ethic. So hopefully I can keep, you know, hitting balls in the nets and um, spending time in the middle to earn my spot one day. Um, and, yeah, with the Prime Minister's 11, it was a great honour to... The captain, um, you know, the likes of Cam Bancroft, um, Matt Renshaw, Marcus Harris, guys that have been at the top of, you know, the first class system for a long period of time and just try and learn as much as they can. Cam Green as well, who's, you know, had a fair bit of international exposure. So, um, yes, sometimes you just got to sit back and be like, how am I sitting in this changing with these guys? And (laughs) and you just want to soak in all, all the knowledge they have, but... Um yeah, it was a fantastic yeah. experience.
3: Well, yeah, still only 24. Just very quickly, Henry Hunt got a nasty knock to the face. How's he travelling?
5: Yeah, unfortunately, he's got surgery on Monday. I think he's broken a couple of bones in his face. So, um, hopefully a speedy recovery and we can see him back firing for South Australia next summer.
3: All right, good luck tomorrow. Keep up the good work, Nathan. You're batting. Well, let's get a few more runs on the board.
5: Thank you very much. Thanks for
3: having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks Sweeney. Uh, Dan, he is seriously destined for... You can tell when players have got the right technique, and he is quite powerful at times, too, with a big bash. You can put him over the top if you need to be.
2: Without a doubt. I think his big bash form really came on this season. But, again, he's, he is destined for higher honours because he's captaining the likes of Cam Green, of Bancroft, of Harris, these guys. So they certainly see a, a future in him.
3: OK, that. We just spoke to Graeme Goodings, Nathan McSweeney. Well, early today, our producer, Sam Fantasia, talked Speedway. Caught it with Jared Ash from Speedway Nation. Sports Day SA. Yes, the best. On Cruise
1: 1323
5: and 1629
0: SENSA. That's right. Simply the best is Speedway Nation sliding into the world of dirt track speedway. I'm joined by Jared Ash from Speedway Nation. Jared, how are you going?
7: I'm wonderful. How about yourself
0: Sam? Yeah very well mate. Now first thing off the bat I just wanted to check in on how the SA drivers are going on the national stage.
7: Yeah so there's some really big sprint car racing going on around the country at the moment. Uh, Obviously December and January is pretty strong. Speedway meetings around uh, the southern part of the nation but they've all headed west. There's some big big prize money on offer over in Perth. So uh, exciting time for sprint car racing and of course, Matt Eagle, he's headed over there. He's a, he's a South Australian favourite son, as well as Glenn Sutherland. Glenn 20, as he's affectionately known. And they're both <laughs> uh, both over there representing very nicely for South Australia. Matt Eagle on the podium uh, just recently for the 30,000-to-win uh, Mr. Sprint Car National. So it was really exciting for the, uh, the FA boys, and they've been representing strongly. Great. Frankie boys shoot out this weekend over in Perth, That's so really exciting. Beautiful,
0: mate, and great to see the SA boys always doing well on the national stage. Now, um, speaking of the national stage, on March 9 and 10th, we've got the Sprint Car Masters heading back to the Murray Bridge Speedway.
7: Yeah, exciting. Exciting news coming out of Murray Bridge. They've brought back the uh, Sprint Car Masters. Of course, it's a name that tells a lot of heritage around uh, the Speedway Circle for quite some time, and there'll be some listeners, I'm sure, that have been to one of the Sprint Car Masters meetings over the many years. So exciting that that event's back, a big two-night show and some big prize money on offer. Uh, given that a lot of the big names are currently racing over in Western Australia. I'm tipping they may pop in on their way back from Western Australia back to the East Coast. They might just pop in there and uh, should be a couple of really exciting nights of racing and well worthwhile getting down to Murray Bridge to check out.
0: And well worth getting down to Murray Bridge next year. There's three big Australian titles heading there. Can you just tell us about that, about those quickly? Yeah,
7: we, uh, we're probably going to speak about that a little bit more in depth on uh, an episode of Speedway Nation coming up. But for the first time ever, the three biggest national sprint car and national speedway titles are uh, all being held at the same track. And it happens to be Murray Bridge in South Australia. So really exciting news. The Australian sprint car title will be held there in 2025 in uh, February. And then the Australian... Super Sedan title will be held there in March and the Australian Speed Car title will be held there in April. So the three biggest events in the country are all going to be in South Australia next year. We know the sport needs a little uh, free kick and a little bit of extra helping hand at the moment. Obviously with Adelaide shutting down uh, in the past few years, it uh, needs a little bit of uh, life breeze back into it, in South Australia. And it's uh, exciting to see Murray Bridge kicking goals for the sport in the state.
0: Now, if any of our listeners want to hear more about Speedway Nation or hear you on the show, uh, I guess when, where, what time, all those sorts of things can we hear?
7: Uh, so Wednesday night is Speedway Nation every week on the SEN network. A uh, big thanks to SRV Road Freight Services for their help in presenting that, uh, that show. Otherwise, you can check out uh, our, our other sponsor, Clay Preview. They're a Speedway streaming service. They do a wonderful job. And if you're uh, in South Australia, don't forget to get down to your local speed Speedway truck and... Uh, Get back track, Scott. There's nothing quite like a bit of dirt on your a dirt on your hamburger or a dirt in your beer, and uh, it's a great way to spend a Saturday night.
0: Oh, sounds fantastic, mate. Jared Ash there, Speedway Nation, presented by Clay Purview and SRV Road Freight Services. Slide into the world of dirt track speedway. Back to you, boys.
3: Thanks, Sam. Well, that wraps it up for another week. Thanks to Dan Menz. We'll be back on Monday between 6 and 7. Have a great weekend. Bye for now.
0: The new, refined, seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the
3: affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers.